Welcome home. I'm so glad that you hit play on my podcast, Home Ec Express. I'm your host, Jamie Umpenauer, and this is episode three, Kitchen Tools. I know that the idea of shopping for a kitchen can be actually super fun, but it also is a little bit overwhelming. And really, we should kind of talk about where you are in your life, what your needs are. If you are a teen or a young adult who's just going away to college, maybe you're going to the dorms, you really don't need a whole heck of a lot. Um, Maybe you have access just to a microwave and then, of course, dorm food. But a good investment is always a can opener, a couple different sizes of micro cookers, and a small cutting board, maybe a bar board size, and uh, one or two knives that are not of the top quality per se. Because you're in a group living situation, they might not always find it back to your dorm room. Now, if you are in a situation where you are in your first apartment, but most likely you have roommates, um, you might need to have the basics of your kitchen tools available to you. But again, when you're in that beginning stage of life and you're in a group living situation, you don't want to have the top of the line stuff that maybe your mom has, but you still need good, decent quality items. So you're going to need knife, cutting board, a couple pieces of cookware, micro cookers, and a few bowls, etc. But you're not going to be spending $75 on one knife. You're probably going to have like the $20 knife. And that's okay for the time that you're in in your life right now. Because as you progress in life, you start, you know, on your first job, you're making good money, then you can start investing in your kitchen. And you also will start to discover, do you prefer cooking? Do you prefer baking? Do you love to have friends over and cook dinner for them? Because then that really Uh, points you in the right direction as to the tools that you want to get for your kitchen. So there are always basics that we need. And again, you want to look at your situation and your budget when you're making these decisions. So there are companies, and and I have to always make that disclaimer, I've sold Pampered Chef for 22 years. And uh, they have top of the line everything in kitchenware and tools and small appliances. And if you are wanting to invest in that awesome line, best thing to do is host a party because then you get discounts. Also make registries for friends and family, maybe if your birthday's coming or Christmas or Hanukkah, so that they know what your desires are. There's always a few areas that you want to make sure that you have in your kitchen. Oh, and don't forget wedding registries. Wedding registries are so important. And you want to help your guests out by being very specific. And the reality is, like, if you're putting down silicon scrapers, which, you know, you use for cooking eggs or for, you know, scraping and mixing bowls, you don't just need one. You need like five. (laughs) That's the reality if you actually cook. Now, we're going to start with one of the two biggest areas that you're going to spend money in your kitchen. One is knives. The other is cookware. 
So let's focus our conversation right now on cutlery, the knife category. In the beginning of your new life in your new kitchen, if you were going to pick two knives that you need in your kitchen, always get a good chef's knife. And a chef's knife is usually an eight-inch blade. It's triangular in shape. And you do want a little bit of weight in the knife. Now, knife construction varies based off of quality of the knife. Now, if the handle goes all the way, or I'm sorry, if the blade goes all the way through the handle, so it's one piece and then they wrap the handle around the metal of the blade, that is what's called full tang, T-A-N-G, construction. That is top quality. Now, a lesser quality knife, the blade will go into the handle just a few centimeters and then it stops and then you have the handle. Now, the it does save you money, but the drawback to that is if you're like trying to cut a celery root or something crazy, it might break the knife. You also want to think about the metal alloy that they're using to construct the knife. And so top of the line knives, German stainless steel. Um, it lasts, oh gosh, I have some knives that are 25 years old. And as long as you maintenance the blades, they're wonderful. And so, um, you, you know, you really want to think about where you're spending your money. If you're going to spend money, a knife is so important because if you get a cheapy knife, um, a dull knife, they're dangerous in your kitchen. Sharp knives are actually far safer to cut with because you're not going to struggle when you're cutting something. You want to be able to take care of it. So you might need to have a knife honer uh, in your drawer if it's a high quality knife that can be honed. And so what honing is, if you imagine the chefs on TV and they grab their big knife and they go ahead and they take out this steel rod and they swipe that knife up and down and sideways on that steel rod. What they're doing is they're honing the knife and that is smoothing out the blade, removing any imperfections. And we have lots of like little dings that you can't necessarily see that happen based off of, you know, what you're cutting and, and that's just the nature of using the knife. Um, but you want to keep it as smooth as possible and that keeps the sharp blade sharp and you're able to uh, have a more successful experience in dicing and slicing in your kitchen. Weight of the knife actually, if it's done right, helps that knife be more balanced in your hand. So therefore you can be more efficient with your cutting, your wrist won't get as tired. Um, it's just a very important investment when you get ready for that. Now, if you are living in an apartment with a bunch of kids, you don't want to spend the money on that $75 chef's knife. So for right now, that $20 version is going to be far better, especially if you don't get it back. Um, because I can tell you from having roommates in college, you lose a lot of things. So we're just going to be real about that. The other knife that you want to have besides a good chef's knife is a paring knife or a utility knife. But a paring knife is usually about three, three and a half inches 
Um, similar shape to a chef's knife, but of course it's going to be smaller. And that's for like cutting up a lemon real fast uh, for your water or cutting up an apple, things like that. Um, once you decide that you love cooking, you're ready to invest, you can purchase different varieties of styles of knives. You can get block sets, but if you're going to invest in them, take care of them. Maintenance your blade. Never, ever, ever, ever put any knife in the dishwasher. They should always be hand washed and put away. Um, the dishwasher is a very rough environment and it will degrade the quality of your knife and it will um, not give you as much life. And so they never go in the dishwasher. And if you have roommates, make sure that you train them on that. Okay, so that's one of your biggest investments. But along with the knife, make sure that you have the next very important item, which is a cutting board. There's a wide variety of cutting boards out there. No matter what, do not ever buy tile or glass cutting boards. They might look really pretty, but they will ruin your knives. They are not safe. And uh, you have to make sure that you have a good quality board that will not dull or damage your knife, but is easy to clean. My go-to everyday boards are polypropylene. They're the ones that look, they're white. And uh, good ones have like a little silicone on the edge. So they don't slide on your countertop. They can be sanded. They can be bleached. They can go in the dishwasher. But because it's a man-made material, I can cut raw meat on those boards, go ahead and wash it. And I don't have to worry about it absorbing any bacteria into pores like it can with a wood cutting board. Now, wood cutting boards, I do have one. I don't use it as often because I use it more for kneading dough and for vegetables. Knives slide really good on them. Um, bamboo is the least dulling of the woods out there if we're looking as far as preserving the quality of your knife. So bamboo is great. Um, I know rock maple is a really popular one. Um, it does your knives just slide on those wood boards, but they do have to be maintenance and oiled and sanded every so often. With a wood cutting board though, because wood is a was a living organism, it has pores, it has cells, you can never cut raw meat on a wood cutting board. If you have only a wood cutting board, then you need to make sure you have a couple cutting mats. Um, the cutting mats are those flexible ones that you slide over the top of the board. So you're still getting the benefit of the cushion for your knife every time it strikes, but you're not allowing the bacteria from the raw meat to go into your board. It also helps prevent cross-contamination. If you need to do meat and vegetables. You can always do the meat on the cutting mat and then your board is clean underneath for the veggies. Um, cutting mats are not a replacement for cutting boards. They are just an extra tool that we have in our toolbox. I went many, 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 many years without uh, cutting mats and um, I was just able to get some and they're great. Um, they're nice to, you know, also to lay on the counter if you want to make a little peanut butter sandwich. So that is another item, cutting boards and then the option of the mat. Now, um, mixing bowls are wonderful and necessary. I do not like plastic mixing bowls because they will get sticky and smelly and gross. So I prefer stainless steel or glass. Um, both can go in the dishwasher, easy to take care of. Um, and then also 
you know, they last a really, really long time. I would plan on getting two sizes if you're a beginner. Um, there's some wonderful sets that are available. I know through Pampered Chef, they have sets of glass and um, stainless steel. They all have like lids and different things like that. So they are versatile going into your uh, refrigerator as well. Um, let's see. Colanders. If you're going to have mixing bowl, you need a colander, at least one for straining pasta, rinsing lettuce and veggies. Um, if you are ready to invest in your kitchen, I would go a step beyond that and also get yourself a salad spinner that has a colander inside of it. Um, those are all very, very important things to consider. Along with mixing bowls and um, salad spinners, you want to definitely have a good pair of tongs. Um, make sure that they have some kind of nonstick coating if you choose to use them in your cookware so that you don't mar up the bottoms of your pots and pans if you're flipping things and whatnot. So we're going to take a break from our sponsor and we'll be right back. Okay, so the second biggest investment that you are going to have in your kitchen, one of the first knives, which we talked about in the beginning of our podcast, the second is cookware. Oh boy, is this a big category. Back when I was a youngin, just starting out, I remember having frying pans from the garage sale and they were awful. The nonstick coating was hardly there. They did not hold up. So if you are brand new into cooking, there's a few pieces to consider. And again, there's a huge variety of quality out there. Um, again, with Pampered Chef, they have a, definitely a few different lines and sets of cookware out there um, that everything has a task that it's really good at. And so I like to tell my customers that you need a little bit of everything in your kitchen when you're investing in this category because the different types of cookware cook differently and they're, they have specialties, I guess is a, a way to say it. And again, there is different quality levels. So if you're just beginning, you're probably looking at a $25 saute pan to do your scrambled eggs where, and that's might give you a year or two. But then others who are ready to really make that investment, you're out on your own, you've graduated out of school, you know, you're in your career, you're looking at cookware that you can easily, easily get 10, 15, 20 years out of. Um, and it's worth the investment because you should not ever be buying pots and pans every couple of years. That's a waste of money and it, and and it's either, you know, lower quality or you don't know how to take care of them. And so first first things first, if you have nonstick cookware, you don't want to be using metal tools and scraping in the pan. It doesn't matter how good the coating is, eventually you're going to wear it down. Also, management of the heat of the burner is a huge deal. We should not be high heataholics and just automatically turning our stoves on high when we're wanting to cook because actually you'll burn the outside of your food, like if it's a chicken breast, and then it's going to be still raw in the middle. 
Um, so what we want to get ourselves in the habit to that A is better for cooking and you'll have more success, but also it's better for the pan and the longevity of the pan, regardless of the quality that you purchase. Um, you want to preheat your pan for a moment or two on medium. We should not be blasting our cookware past medium, medium high tops. Cast iron and stainless steel can go higher. But really for success in cooking, it's all about managing the, the heat. Um, cast iron for certain jobs is totally okay to go on high. But if you're wanting to cook your chicken and have it actually not be charbroiled and dry going down your throat, never put your, your pan on high, ever, 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 ever. So there's different categories of cookware. There's um, cast iron, which can be plain cast iron, or it can be enamel coated like Le Creuset. Then there's nonstick cookware, and there's stainless steel cookware. And actually, Pampered Chef just came out with stainless steel nonstick. So there's actually like a little mesh embedded into the metal that helps food release easier. Because stainless steel cookware kind of gets a bad rap um, if you don't know how to cook on stainless and how to clean it. In order to clean it, you have to deglaze your pan. And so uh, stainless steel is really good for like uh, flash frying, for high, a higher temperature saute. I tell people never to do scrambled eggs in a, in a stainless steel pan because you'll end up putting like gobs of butter, which sometimes isn't a bad thing, but you'll put gobs of butter in there because it needs more fat to release itself from the pan. Non-stick cookware, um, you want that for like your grill pan, for your scrambled egg pan, things like that, that easy to release. Anything with cheese, oatmeal, all of that is better in a non-stick pan. And then of course, cast iron is super versatile because you can also cook outside with it on a barbecue, um, over a fire pit. And, it, and of course, because of the nature of cast iron, it can go to the really high temperatures. Um, good quality uh, pots and pans can actually go into your oven at different temperatures, depending, you know, stainless or nonstick, et cetera. Cast iron, it goes stovetop to the oven, not a problem whatsoever. So a few pieces to think if you're just starting out would be definitely a six quart or more um, stock pot or Dutch oven. So a Dutch oven's a little bit more shorter and squattier than a stock pot. A stock pot tends to be uh, taller and not quite as wide as a Dutch oven. Um, a Dutch oven, you can also kind of think about those Le Creuset's. Um, they're always really pretty, but that's more of like the Dutch oven style. So everybody needs like one piece like that where it's at least six quarts and you can, you know, boil the water for pasta. You can do a big pot of chili, different things like that. And then you need a good 10 inch either saute pan or skillet. So what's the difference between a saute pan and a skillet? A saute pan has flared sides and you do not use a lid with it. A skillet has straight sides, it's deeper, usually about an inch and a half, two inches, and most of the time a skillet will come with a lid. So uh, bigger skillets, like a 10 or a 12 inch skillet, you can actually do like one pan dinners in there. A saute pan is literally for sauteing, doing eggs, crepes, 
things like that. Uh, so you do want like a 10 inch size pan. If you have a family, go up to a 12 inch easily. And then um, of course you need what we always call the egg pan, which is an eight inch saute nonstick pan. And those are the basics that you're going to need in there. Um, if you want them to last, again, you got to take care of them. Check the manufacturer's directions if that pan is designed for the dishwasher. A lot of them are not. Cast iron cannot go in the dishwasher. Um, you want to know how to clean your cast iron. It's super easy. So if you have food stuck in there, you actually want to pour water, bring it to a boil in the pan, and then you can just scrape it with like a nylon scraper and that food will loosen. Then you can, you know, toss it in the sink, rinse it out, wipe it out. And then you put it on the burner and you dry the pan with like medium low or medium heat. That's it. Done. That's so easy. And uh, stainless steel, if you have food stuck in it, same thing. You put water in there, you bring it to a little boil and you're done. And then you can do soap and water. Most stainless steel can go into your dishwasher. Uh, so make sure, though, that you always read those directions or care instructions that come with your pan. Okay, now, another piece that I love, um, even if you're not a baker, is to have a half sheet pan. Um, not only are they handy for, like, prepping food um, or bringing, like, all the meat out to the barbecue, but you can do, like, a dinner on a tray, on a sheet pan, and you could do, you know, a couple of pork chops, chopped up vegetables, roast them all, all in one in the oven, done. So a half sheet pan is obviously more valuable than just baking. But if you're a baker and you enjoy baking, there's a few things that you also need to have. And measuring spoons and measuring cups, of course, is where we need to, to begin. Measuring spoons, you want a nesting set either on a ring or that they snap together. Uh, so you don't lose them, but you've got all your measurements there. Now, you need two different types of measuring cups because liquid and solid have two different volumes. There's about an ounce difference between a dry measuring cup and a liquid measuring cup. And a lot of people have some epic fails in baking because baking is science. It's like chemistry happening in the oven because they didn't use the right measuring tools. So a liquid measuring cup, a lot of the times you can find where they have even up to four cups with all the markings. But the biggest clue for a liquid measuring cup is that it has a poor spout. And that is your clue it's liquid, the get eye level to make sure you have the right measurement. Um, Pyrex, of course, is like the classic quintessential liquid measuring cup. Um, I have a, a nesting set that has a one, two, and four cup uh, liquid measures, and they're made out of acrylic, so they don't stain or carry flavors. Um, either way, you're totally set. But then you need a dry set. And a dry set is a, a nice way to think about it is the, the cups are always level on the top, never a pour spout. Because when you are baking, you need to spoon the flour into the cup and then take the back of a butter knife and level it off, right? And that's an exact cup. Um, so you want to have a nesting set that goes from, sometimes you can find them even with an eighth of a cup, but at least a quarter of a cup all the way up to a full cup. 
and they're either on a ring or they snap together so you don't lose the different pieces. Uh, you need two different sizes of serving spatulas. Um, you need the mini size for like brownies and then you need the bigger size for lasagnas and, you know, moving uh, pieces of meat and whatnot. And then, of course, we need the silicon scrapers. Some people used to call them rubber scrapers. Um, the ones I like are made out of silicon because they are heat resistant up to 650 degrees. Um, they are super easy to clean. And if you're, you know, in red sauce, they will wash clean and be white again. Um, they come in all kinds of cute, you know, colors now and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, but you have to have those if you're making cake or batter. And you also need a whisk a really good stainless steel whisk. If you are making a cake batter or things like that, you want to use a whisk rather than a scraper. And the last item that you definitely want to have um, in your essential kitchen is a veggie peeler. You want one where the blade actually swivels so you can go forward and backward and you can be more efficient with it. Uh, there's all kinds of different styles out there, but if that blade does not swivel, it's going to be a frustrating type of experience. And you also want to make sure it's made out of stainless steel. Okay, so those are the essentials of what you need to build your beginning kitchen. Now, as, as you move along in life and you find out what you love to do in the kitchen, there are so many tools out there, so many gadgets and it's easy to get overwhelmed. Um, if I were to think of one other tool that would be kind of like a little extra, I would say the Pampered Chef Food Chopper is a must-have. Um, I use it all the time for pecans and onions and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, there are small appliances that become very trendy, and it's easy to kind of cloud up your countertop and whatnot. Um, be wise with that because sometimes people think, oh, that's a great idea. And then they, they really don't know how to use them or they're, they just simply don't do it. Um, I love in capital letters, my air fryer. I never thought I would use it. I never thought that it would be as valuable as it has been in my kitchen. But the most important thing is that my girls love it and I taught them how to use it and they independently use it all the time. We use it at least once a day. Uh, that one has been a game changer for us, especially in the summer when you don't want to turn the oven on. Uh, for reheating pizza, it's just like it came out of the pizzeria the first day. Uh, you know, small batches and of course like French fries and all that kind of fun stuff. But oh my gosh, if there was one appliance to pick for my countertop, that one is permanently out. Um, I do have a quick cooker, which is another name for an Instapot. I like it. Don't use it quite as much as I used to. Uh, and it has to stay in my pantry. Um, the only other things I use quite a bit that that stay on the counter is my toaster. That's just about every day. And my Vitamix. Uh, once you have more space and, you know, kind of see where your lifestyle is going, I really recommend a good quality blender. Um, Vitamix is definitely up there in price, but I will tell you it is worth every single penny. That or the cooking blender from Pampered Chef. Uh, I've had lower quality blenders from other companies that couldn't even 
puree, you know, chop up the ice in a margarita and it barely broke up frozen fruit for a smoothie. So if, if you like blended things or you make your own salsas or you make your own mayonnaise, a Vitamix is, or, or a cooking blender is worth every penny. Um, there's a lot of other odd things out there. Um, one other thing that I can't live without is my garlic press. Um, garlic is a health food. Garlic is like the best flavor on the planet. So, uh, you got to get a garlic press once you start really cooking. Uh, so anyways, you guys, I hope that you learned a lot. If you ever have questions about kitchen tools and whatnot, like I mentioned earlier, I have been with Pampered Chef for 22 years. I'm a chef. Um, I cook commercially, I've cooked commercially for years. And so I would be more than happy to guide you in your kitchen journey. And, or if you're needing to start your young people out in their dorm or in their first apartment, how to get that built up because it's so important. And we also want to start healthy habits in the kitchen as well and kind of take some of that mystery out of things. So I appreciate you listening to my podcast today. Feel free always to go to my website, homeecexpress.com. Feel free to leave your comments and your questions right here in the podcast or on the website. Thanks, God bless, and I'll talk to you next week.